This is Bicycle Mode's Cross Radio. My name's Richard Eames and I'm the host and producer of this audio first turn pileup. I've put it together to promote BMX racing both in the UK and worldwide. It's mainly going to be an interview based podcast. We're going to talk to riders, industry personnel, anyone who we feel might be a little bit interesting. The first interview is with a rider who's probably the most dedicated I've ever met. He trains hard, he's super positive and is a great example to young riders. Hopefully he'll be world or Olympic champion one day. So here we go, the very first Bicycle Mods Cross Racing podcast interview with Kelvin Beatty. How's things, Kelvin? Yeah, things are good. It's the uh, middle of winter now and I'm just really looking forward to the start of next season. Right. Um, had a good Christmas and um, yeah, things are good. Enjoying it. Cool. So what's the, uh, what's the plan for 2007 then? Where do you see yourself? being in terms of you know your racing performance and and things of that nature what would be the ideal scenario for a 2007 season well the main aim for me next year is really just to stay healthy because when i when i get on the track then that that's the main thing but apart from that you know i've got goals that I, that i want to reach and every year i seem to step up a level so hopefully next year i can step up that next level where this year, I mean, I made the semis at the Worlds and I was top five in Europe. So really the only place to go now is top three in Europe and you know, hopefully make the world's main and be one of the contenders to win the title. So, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I haven't got big goals because I have and I really want to get some good points that will get me to the Olympics and then hopefully take it from there. Right. Oh, that sounds absolutely fantastic. What, how did the Worlds go for you? How did you see the events as, as, you know, as a whole? This year in Brazil, when we turned up at the track, like we, we turned up at the pre-worlds and we were racing, and I was, it was a bit of a, kind of a bit disappointed looking at the track and it looked slow and, and bumpy. And uh, but then the, the organisers did well; they turned it round and and for the actual worlds, it was a good track and nice and smooth. And for me personally, like I just seemed to, everything was going right for me all day up until the semis when when we had that big crash. There was four of us that crashed, and then the other four had a straight run through to the final but I mean I know I was in there and I was riding good all day so you know it gives me good good uh, hope for next year right okay we no regrets about not being able to race cruiser this year at the Worlds because you nearly had it in France and uh, like, I was a bit disappointed that I couldn't race cruiser but British Cycling they were they had some you know they were saying the right things that you know that we couldn't do why we couldn't do cruiser so when we got there, they actually changed the cruiser day round with a 20 inch. So I could have actually done the cruiser, but I'm hoping that maybe this year they'll, they'll change the days again, so they'll be the same as last year, and um, I can jump on the cruiser and hopefully get on the podium again. All oh, right, okay. So there was no actual sort of 
ban from BC. I thought it might have been sort of because there's no cruiser racing in the Olympics. I thought it would have been concentrate on 20 inch only and don't bother with yeah, the Yeah, that was the reason. They didn't want us to race the cruiser on the Friday, which it would have been, and then kind of be tired or injured for the 20 inch, which was on Saturday. So it was good reasoning behind the decision. But um, then when it was changed around, it was a bit gutting to think that I could have raced it and, you know, hopefully build on what I did the year before. But it's just, you know, it's gone now, so I just need to look forward to next year now. Right. Okay. So how are things going with BC? How are they treating you and looking after you? Yeah, it's really good. Like, everyone's everyone gets on well. And, like, the, the team we've got behind us always do everything that they can to make sure that we're riding to, at our best. So, um, you know, when you've got a great team like that behind you, you know that you're going to get the best out of yourself as long as you put the effort in. So, yeah, everything's going great, and like Jamie's, Jamie's being great, and um, we've got a new BMX team manager as well called called um, that He's gonna kill me now. He'll kill me. It's just I'm thinking of Shane Sutton. Um, Keith, Keith Reynolds, and I probably apologise if you listen to that, but yeah, Keith Reynolds, he's, he's really good. Right. Like every time I have to get in touch with him, he, you know, he'll um, he'll always do his utmost to to sort me out with whatever I need. So yeah, it's good. Right, okay, because I had heard rumours circulating that um, things were pretty disorganised and that you guys didn't have a winter training programme up until a few weeks ago. I don't know if that was the case or whether it was just the usual BS that, you know, floats <laughs> around the scene and, and all the rest of it. No, not at all. Like, we're, everyone's on it this winter. Like, we know where we need to, to be next year. So as soon as last season was finished, I mean, even with me, with my injuries and Sinead, she's been injured. Bloomer's had his injuries, but we've, you know, we've been on it straight away. And, you know, we're looking at everything to make it as fast as possible for next year. So, like, everyone's been on it. So, it's, like, all them rumours are totally wrong. Right. Okay. Well, that's fair enough then. Because you do hear a lot of stuff, you know, going round and about. So, it's nice to have the record put straight. Um, yeah. So, what sort of support do you get from BC? Do you get the whole thing with the nutritionists and the sports psychologists and and the strength yeah, training coaches and all that kind BC, of stuff? They, they work in tandem with the English Institute of Sport and there's a number of places of places like situated around the country. I mean, for me personally, I go to Sheffield and there's one up in Manchester which is next door to the velodrome and they help out with a lot of stuff like with new nutrition and with your strength and conditioning and, you, you know, you, you can even go to a sports lifestyle lady, you know, just who can, who can tell you and help you with any problems you've got or, you know, if you want to go on any courses when you finish racing or anything like that, you've got the whole package really where you don't need to worry about anything at all. So, you know, if you've got a problem with, you know, if you need to lose a few pounds, you're going to see a nutritionist or if you're thinking of doing a university course, you'll go and see the lifestyle coach or even if you're feeling like you're having problems with your starts or anything like that, you'll go and see the psychologist. I mean, the psychologist will not sit you down and, and just click your fingers and you, you cure. But, you know, you, if you work with each different person over time, you're going to get there to where you want to be. So, yeah, it's, it's great. Right. Do you feel like BMX is finally being taken seriously by British Cycling then? Well, without a doubt. I mean, they know that they've potentially got got a, a medal in each in each discipline. If we all get our act together, which we all are doing, then, you know, they've got a good chance of getting a medal in, in the men's and the ladies. Um, yeah, even even at the English Institute of Sport, when I first went in, I said I'd race BMX. 
some of the athletes were kind of like, you know, what's BMX? And kind of like thought that we'd just be, you know, these people that go in the gym and mess about. But after seeing us train, like a lot of people at Sheffield have seen me train, have seen Sinead's train, and they've kind of come around and, and they know what BMX is about now. And they totally respect what we do. I mean, we train just as hard, if not harder, than a lot of other sports. So they totally respect BMX, and and that's one thing that I'm I'm hoping will change. That will get away from this image of, oh yeah, BMX kiddies bikes and all this. We we don't just jump on and and get fast. We actually train hard, and we you know we train the right way and live live the right lifestyle as well. So yeah, like a lot of a lot of other sports and other disciplines have kind of looked at BMX now and I think we're getting a lot of respect. Right, that sounds fantastic. Do they make you do your sprints in the Velodrome car park? I have done in the past, <laughs> in the rain, but no, like, I, it's all part of it, isn't it? It doesn't matter where you are or where you're at. You, you know, if you've got sprints to do, you can do them in a car park or the back of an old pit. It doesn't matter as long as you get your sprints done. Right. Okay. That sounds that sounds really really interesting. So moving on from that, I mean, obviously you're going to be getting some help from a certain Mr. Christoph Levesque this year. Um, are you yeah. excited about that? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, it's really good. I mean, everyone knows how great Christoph was when he was a rider, and um, I'm I'm expecting that it's going to be the same as a coach as well. I mean, without a doubt, having him and Jamie working in tandem together, and then. You know, putting my ideas in, and then having Dale as a free agent team manager as well. I've got three people there that are just like BMX legends, and to have those people behind me, I don't think I could have much of a better team really. So it's, it's you know, it couldn't couldn't be any better. Right. So that's the big news then for 2007. You're moving across to free agents. How did the deal come about? Yeah. How did it all come together? Um. Well. Things was good with intent. Like I was working with Rich at the source, and we tried to put a good team together for 2006. And all the riders did great this year. But um, for for next year, I had an I had an offer off intent to ride for them again. But it was just the the law from free agent of the of the longer term thing. Like they're looking towards the Olympics, and kind of like if I if I achieve my goals, then things will be, go even better with free agent. So. Um, and the law of working with Dale and Christoph as well was a big thing. So I went over there and uh, signed for them. Right. So will, you, will Christoph be quite involved in your training? Is it just like on a on a consultancy basis? Because I'm, I'm quite curious to know sort of how much input he's going to have and how it would fit in with um, what British Cycling have got planned for you. Because let's face yeah. it, the English and the French don't get along at the best of times. So <laughs> um, how's, that all, how's that all going to come together? How's that all going to work? Well, what it is, Christoph's got a lot of ideas that he thinks will work for me. Um, and then what I do, I'll sit down and I'll talk to Jamie, tell Jamie the plans and what, what he thinks. Then he'll have some input and tell me what he thinks should, will work. And then I'll probably go away, sit down, and then I'll work out my own training. And then I'll ask Jamie again what he thinks of that. And then when we agree on something, then that's what the training is going to be. So everyone's working in tandem, but it, it means me having to make sure that you know I'm, I'm organised, which I haven't been great in, at in the past, but I'm getting a lot better now. So um, yeah, just to make sure that I'm organised and making sure everyone knows what I'm doing, so everything's everyone's moving in the same direction, which is the main thing really. Right. Okay. And then Dale will be giving you advice on uh, property investments and tattoos then. 
<laughs> yeah, amongst other things. Uh, Dale's always been good for advice, no matter what it is. Like, he's had plenty of life experiences on and off the track, so he's, he's always good to sound out and, you know, see what he's up to. So, yeah, he'll, he'll always have some input. He's a good friend. So I'll always ask his advice on stuff, no matter what it is. Right. Um, so will you be going to America this year, do you think? Do you, are you planning on spending any time over there this winter? Because I know it's been a, yeah, a regular hangout for got, in the past. Yeah, the team have got some time planned out there. Like nothing's been finalised yet, but um, I think I think we'll be spending some time out there through the winter as a team. So we'll all be going together. Um, there'll be me, Bloomy, Sinead, Liam, Charlie, and Joey all going. So it should be good. And I think we're going to be hitting some races as well. So like uh, it'll make it a bit more interesting. It, it kind of like gets you ready for the season as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's just kind of like the end of season. It's not a treat because you go out training, but in a way, it's nice to come away from the cold tra- cold weather over here and get over to America and, and feel, you know, seeing the sun in the morning when you go out training makes a big difference. Oh, absolutely. Seeing, like, dark mornings and rain on the window. So, yeah, it, it is It's what we're working towards, and it's kind of like that signals the end of your winter training, really, and getting ready for the season. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, how was your uh, how was your American trip last year? Because you did a few races. Now, didn't you get a second in Pro Open somewhere? That must have been a pretty yeah. big thrill for you. Yeah, like, I wasn't really ready um, to race then. I, I still had another month left on the training, but we went over and stayed for three weeks and raced up in Vegas. I did quite well up there, made a couple of semis. So I was quite happy coming away from, from there thinking that I was getting on form. And then when I went to Phoenix, like, I, I just felt a lot better and kind of like adjusted to the double A, like double A racing. I made a couple of semis again there. And then when I made the final, like um, I got a second in pro open. So I was really happy coming away from there. And then that set me up for the European season. So definitely going out to America helps, helps with the racing through the summer. Right. Okay. The um, American sort of double A pro style of racing is it a lot more physical than Europe? What's the difference between the two? How do you find that the the two compare? There's not much difference now. Like Europe are catching up a lot because with the Olympics coming in, everyone seems to have getting a lot more professional. So you know, there's a lot more people that are spending time training in Europe full time. Whereas in America, they've always just I, I don't know whether it's just that they've had the time to train or haven't gone to work or whatever but you know, I think Europe's stepping up now although I still think the Americans their first rates are still the best out there which is proven really by how many people make the finals at the world like people who race and live in America have always you know either won the worlds or you get a large percentage of the finalists who, that come from there so definitely that's the place that's the place where they seem like they're getting fast. So maybe that's that's where you need to, to go to you know, to get faster. You know, even if you spend four or five weeks out there with you know, along with a bit of training which we're doing, I'm hoping that that'll make the difference. Okay. The um the American sort of new school pros, I think you could call them the likes of Bubba Harris, Mikey Day Danny Kalawag, who, who I've seen on um, various videos and stuff, and he's he's really really impressed me. There's 
you know, there's been a distinct changing of the guard between the old school pros, the likes of, you know, your Dales, your Jason Richardsons, and then you've got all yeah. the new school guys coming through along with people like, you know, Nate Berkheimer, um, Josh always coming through as well, um, yeah. Tyler Brown as well, who impressed me at the Grands. Do you see those guys stepping it up another level again on top of what sort of Dale have done and people like that? It's going to be hard to, for, for that class to move up to a, to that next level because the standard has always been that high. I mean, Levesque went to America and I think he took the level up. And then when Ali went to America, I think he stepped it up again. And then I think Carl Bennett stepped up the level when he started winning as well. And then since then, I think, I'm not sure whether Bubba has or not. He's a great, great rider. But to to step up a level from where Bennett was at when he was on his best form, it's going to be hard. So I don't I don't think the standard's gone up. I just think the main thing to be over there is consistent. And the one person that's done that over the last ten years is Ronnie Stumpfelder. I mean, like he's, he seems like he's been around forever, but he's what he's one person over there that's just done it year after year after year. And he's always in their top three at the world or top three in in the NBL or ABA. So he's the, he's the one rider that I think people could aspire to over there, because that's what BMX is all about: being consistent. And if you're being consistent, you're going to be always on the podium. The one person I didn't mention as well in that little list that I gave you before was Donny Robinson. How do you feel about Donny Robinson's rise to prominence, being like you know the NBL? national number one, especially with him being as, as small as he is, he's, he's kind of booked to the trend of your big and muscly, you know, bodybuilding style double yeah. A's weighing 190 pounds plus, and then you've got this five foot four kid from California who pushes a massive gear in and, and just seems mm. to be killing everybody. It's just proof that, yeah. you know, BMX, you don't have to be the biggest guy out there. Does he give, does he give you like sort of motivation? What do you think of Donnie's riding? I mean, I've watched him a lot this year. It's hard not to because he's always been up at the front. And I think a lot of people should look at him and see how determined he is because you can just look at him on the gate. You just look in his eyes, you can see how determined he is and he wants to do well. I think a lot of his success has come from just wanting it that badly. Sometimes I think he gets on the gate and just wants it more than anyone else. And that's where a lot of his success has come from. But he's just... You know, total respect to him. He's gone out this year and he's pretty much dominated. He's he's won a lot of titles. I mean, he won the Supercross title, the Cruiser title at the World and the NBL number one. So there's three big titles there that he's come away with this season. And um, yeah, he's he's going to be one that's going to be looking towards towards the Olympics and being on the podium, as well as a lot of other people. Ooh, right, okay. Do you feel the mental side of it is, is probably as important, if not more important, than the physical side? I know Greg Hill, in his uh, various sort of posts that I've seen of his on the internet, he tends to say that, you know, you can do all the physical training in the world, but if the mental side's not right, then you won't win. How important is that at the double-A level? Yeah, definitely. Like, when you see, it seems like when you get on a roll in BMX, it's hard to get out of it. Like, when you're on a good roll... You just go to race to a race full of confidence, and you just seem to it just seems to come so naturally to do well. Whereas if you're in a bit of a hole and you're not doing great, it's kind of hard to get out of that rut. But once you get that one result, every there's a big weight that just seems to lift off your shoulders. So I think it's all a lot of it is mental, and when you look forward to being on the gate and looking forward to racing with the seven other people, you know 
you're gonna if you enjoy it more and you're having fun, you're gonna race better. That's how I feel that I've always done anyway. So definitely, the mental side of it is a big thing, and yes. believing in yourself, which I which has started to come to me this year, has made a big difference. I think that's probably one of the truest things that I've ever heard. So um, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I mean, if you you know if your mental state's right, then then the racing side of it, you know, the physical side of it's going to come along with it because you know it's going to take you that ne- to that next level and just help you step it up a little bit. Um, yeah, did- I mean everything. It's, it's just everything, like you know, the the physical side of it and the mental side of it. If you put them two two of the two of them together and they're both at the maximum they can be, then you're going to perform to the best of your ability. I mean, if one's off, you know, if you're not kind of if you're not physically right, then you're not mentally right because you know you haven't prepared in the right way. So. It's all, you know, they become in tandem, I think. I never used to think that in the past, but I've, I'm starting to learn that it is the mental side of things is, a, you know, is a lot to do with, with your success. Okay, well, moving on to sort of, you've had a, a, quite a trying year in terms of, of injuries and surgeries and things of that nature and just sort of running it alongside the mental side of it as you, as you had just been talking about. Did the, did the setbacks that you've had in 2006, did that affect you as much mentally this year as it would have done the previous year? Did you see it as, I know the saying is, a, you know, a setback is an opportunity for a comeback. So did you look yeah. at it that way or, or did the injuries have more of an effect on you than you would sort of normally think? Um, not really. The, the shoulder injury, I've always had time to prepare for that because I, I've had the, that injury for over a year. And when I went into the oper- operating theatre, it was, I think, a year and a month that I'd had the injury. I just carried it through, really. So that wasn't a big deal. Although at the time, when I had the surgery, they thought I'd have, like, three months off, which kind of scared me a bit. You know, three months off my bike. I, when I broke my leg, I didn't even have that much time off the bike. So that scared me a bit. But when I got back on it after three weeks, I came back at Chesterfield and that, I felt like that was one of the best races I've raced all season. So it was kind of, I really enjoyed that race and it makes you appreciate you racing more when you are out and you do think, oh, am I going to get back? Am I going to be, am I going to be as good as what I used to be? Because no matter what injury you do get, you always think that when you have had time off your bike, can I, can I actually do it? And when you go out and do it, it's the best feeling. Um, the heart surgery, that was, that was kind of like pretty straightforward. I was back training within two or three days after that. It was, um, just keyhole surgery where they had to burn some skin off my heart and open a, a pathway in the heart again so all the, all the electrodes or whatever they are can run through it. So that went well. And then the hand surgery, that was pretty scary and I'm glad that it happened at the time of year it did so it's given me a full winter, it's going to give me a full winter to get over it. Um, the operation didn't go great and it could have been done a lot better so I've had to do a lot of work to kind of really repair the hand myself without any surgery, without any other surgery. So that's gone well, and um, at the minute how, I'm all healthy again. How do you repair your own hand? That sounds know, really it sounds mad. It sounds mad, but the bone the bone wasn't quite sitting right. So what I've had to do is really strengthen one side of the hand to pull the bone one way and do a lot of massage and soft tissue work on the other side to loosen it off, to let it pull that way. And uh, I had x-rays of the week and it's managed to do that. So I think I've done quite a good job. Oh, you are the bionic man of BMX then, repairing yourself. Yeah, kind of, you could say that. (laughs) 
So, uh, I mean, you, you injured your hand at the UCI Supercross in Fréjus, I think is the correct pronunciation. Yeah. Um, were you going well up until that point? Because when you see the, the actual video of the crash, the crash, although it looks harsh, doesn't look like a double handbrake crash. Yeah. If you know what I mean? It's like you just went over, it looks like on the video, you just went over the bars and that was it. And, you know, it was one of those, you, you'll have those crashes a hundred times and get up and walk away. And then you have yeah. this one and, it, you know, you, you broke both your hands. What was the initial, what was going through your head straight after it? Well, when I was laid on the floor, I'd really smashed my head quite hard. So the French people came over to me and they were talking French and looking off a new bit of French. They were asking me what was wrong with me, so I was able to tell them that I'd hit my head. And then I just felt, both hands felt pretty sore, so I took my gloves off and then walked over to the edge of the track after checking that my head was okay. And then I started, like, I think it was my left hand really swelled up a lot, and like me, I just wanted to know what was wrong with me, so I started poking it, and my thumb was just totally just wobbly all over the place. So I knew straight away that I'd done something. I was just hoping that it'd been, you know, it was just a, something that would be able to click back into place. Um, the right hand didn't start hurting until like 10 minutes after, and that's when it really started hurting. So uh, Carol Goslin, who was looking after us that week, she took us to hospital, and I had the um, had the X-rays done, and um, they wanted to operate on me there and then. The French people, so I was like, no chance. So I said, I've got to go home. I've got a plane in a couple of hours and ended up coming home. Right. So uh, it was down to somebody else to carry your bikes and bags through the airport then, I take it. Yeah, I believe we did a good job with that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cal, Cal's always great. She always looks after us really well. So I was lucky that I had them two there to, to look after me. And then my dad drove all the way down from, from Mansfield and picked me up from the, from the airport in London. Right. Because you always seem, although you don't tend to get injured very often, you're not one of these people who's out every week or every other week. When you do have these injuries, they tend to be fairly, without want to put any jinx on you or anything like that, they do tend to be fairly serious. So, you know, to come back from, you've had, what, a broken femur, you've had your shoulder surgery, the heart problem, two broken hands, you you know, you, you seem like the, you're the stereotypical cat with nine lives. Do you think you're... You're lucky in that sense, or do you do you do you just wish you know I could just do without all this crap? To be quite honest, well, like sometimes I think that when I when you first injure yourself, you think, oh, not again! Like I've got to go through it all again. But it's just there's something that I haven't done in BMX that I need to do, and that just drives me on. It doesn't matter whether you know whatever injury I get. I know that I'm going to come back from it and I'm going to do my utmost to get back and be 100% again. So whatever comes my way, you just have to take it and then get on with things, get healthy again and then get fast. And that's just the way of life. You know, that you, you know that you put yourself at risk every time you get on the gate. So when it does actually happen, you know, you've, you haven't got, you know, you can't just get, you know, think, oh, I'm so, so unlucky or, you know, Everyone gets injuries, and it's just the luck of the draw on what day you get them. And unluckily enough for me, I've always had bad ones. Right, that seems like a very strange... Luckily for you, you've always had bad ones. That seems like a very, very strange sentence, Kelvin. But, um, yeah, you do seem to come back, and you do seem to bounce back fairly well. I mean, there's other people who've got injured and, and, and you know, have never got on a bike again. So, you know, you, you tend to take the rough with the smooth, and it, and it always seems to work out uh, for the best. 
yeah. do, do you see yourself having a long career in BMX? Do you, do you see yourself doing like a you know like a John Purse thing and racing well into your 30s, or even like Eric Root racing into your 40s and turning back like him and like probably Dale Will and things like that? I don't. You, you can never tell. I mean, with the injuries I've had, I mean, you never know. They may might shorten my career. You know, to to not what I want. Like, I want to be able to go at least another, another 10 years, like Dale did it till he's 35, and I'm 10 years younger than Dale, so I'm hoping that I can get to 35 and you know, still have been going well towards that age, and then just see it from there. I mean, I know I'm always going to be involved in BMX in some way, whether it's riding or, or coaching, or if down the line I have some kids and they get into it, I'll, I'll always be involved in BMX, because it's been my way of life since I was six years old. So, you know, it's been the biggest part of my life since then, and I can't see it changing. Wow, wow, that's 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 pretty cool. That's very cool indeed. Um, so I don't know, maybe we should wrap this thing up now because I'm, I'm kind of running out of questions to ask. So, I mean, sort of coming to the end of it, is there anybody you would you would really like to sort of thank, or anything that you would really like to say, and any any message that you would like to get out there, anything at all? The floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah, really. If, there's, if there was anyone listening, like if people, if you've got a dream, just never give up on it. I mean, I've had a dream since I've been racing since since I was six. I'm still chasing that dream. I just want to know what it's like to get over the line and be the European or world champion, or you never know, one day Olympic champion. I'm still chasing that dream and never give up on it. And if you set yourself a goal, do everything that you can to achieve that goal. And that's. And then the other thing is enjoy it as well, because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to get the best out of yourself. But yeah, definitely for any young kid that's coming up, that would be the advice that I give them. I always, always chase your dreams. Never give up on it and just have fun while you're doing that. Fantastic, fantastic. So, uh, right, I think we can pretty much, you know, call it a job done there, Kelvin. So uh, thanks very much for being a guest on the very first BMX Racing Podcast. I'm not yeah, quite sure. How, no, no, I'm not quite sure how it's all going to turn out. So this is pretty much a flyer for me as as well as for you. So um, uh, look forward to seeing how it comes out, and uh, look forward to seeing you at a race fairly soon. Okay, up, mate. Lovely. Yeah. Thanks, right. that, Rich. Cheers for that. Right. Well, that's your lot for this podcast. I hope you like what you've heard. If you want to get in touch, then go to myspace.com/slash/bicyclemotocrossradio. Next time round, I'm hoping to go a bit further afield with my guests. I can't say who yet, you'll just have to wait and see. But thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Cheers.